and mighty God we serve and a great and mighty God who loves us so much. Um, we had the honor, my husband and I, my husband's a pastor at Calvary Chapel, Gloucester County in Gloucester County, New Jersey, um, right outside of Philadelphia, actually. We met Will and Lori in Kentucky at the Ark. That's pretty much where we ate. We broke bread together at the Ark with all the animals. And um, the Lord... The Lord at that moment, actually, we um, took a bus shuttle back to the hotel or to uh, the airport together from our hotel, and the Lord knit our hearts together at that very moment. And I said these words to Lori: "Hey, if you're ever in New Jersey and you need a place to stay, come on over." And so, um, you know, most people just they just go, "Yeah, yeah, whatever," right? But not Will and Lori. They found themselves in need of a place to go. And uh, was it May or June? June, and Lori called me up, and she said, I don't know if you even remember who I am, but you offered a place to say, can we come? So I said, sure, come on down. So um, we had the privilege of having Will and Lori and three of the teenagers from the church, Annie and Carrie and Barrett, come and stay with us. And we had just a wonderful week fellowshipping with them. We had impromptu conversations with Will and Lori, just sharing the love of Jesus with one another. And... Um, just fellowshipping. What a sweet, what a sweet thing the Lord has given us to have brothers and sisters all over the world, and our hearts are knit together because we serve this one true God and our Savior Jesus Christ. And so I, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this evening. I thank you for the opportunity to open God's Word. I don't take it lightly. And um, Listen, all I have is that I love Jesus, and I just want to share that with you tonight. So I hope you're okay with that. I was thinking about your prayer. Who prayed? Was it you, Abby? That, um, you know, this time of year is filled with hustle and bustle. I'm from outside of Philadelphia anyway, and it's hustly and bustly down there. Is it hustle and bustle here? Yes? Some of you, it's hustle and bustle. You've got to decorate just right. You have to cook and bake all these wonderful, amazing treats. And um, you have to buy the perfect gifts for all of your loved ones and people. You don't really just, just, you always have to just buy, 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 right? At least it is in, in our neck of the woods. Is that how it works around here? Yeah. And it gets to be overwhelming, doesn't it? And there was a season in my life that I lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. And I got caught up in all of that, and I began to um, dread. That's a good word. I began to dread the Christmas season. I began to not look forward to it. And I've always loved Christmas, the day of Christmas. But all the preparation that went into Christmas morning became overwhelming. And then I began to fall in love with Jesus all over again, and he began to remind me of the, of the meaning of Christmas and the true meaning of Christmas. And as I looked at the world all around me, I began to fall in love with the Christmas season because what I saw reminded me of my precious Jesus. So all those twinkling lights that we see, right? And in our neighborhoods, people decorate the outside of their homes, like almost our entire town decorates the outside of their home. And I have a daughter with Down syndrome. She's 15. And she loves Christmas lights, absolutely loves them. And so we will travel through, through an area, and if we see Christmas lights on somebody's house, we slow 
to a five mile per hour crawl and we talk about every single light. We actually went Christmas caroling with the church in a neighborhood nearby and she had to go up and take a picture with a blow up minion actually and that's her. But the lights remind me that Jesus came into this world in a very dark time, much like the time that we live in today, and he is the light of the world. And so I rejoice that she loves to look at those lights because I get to stop for a moment and rejoice in my Savior at that very time. And how about the trees, the trees that we so beautifully decorate in our homes, the ones that we pull our ornaments out? I don't know about you, but every ornament on our tree has a very special meaning. I even have ornaments that go back to my childhood when I was about seven years old when we had no money. And I'm not sure where our ornaments went to, but we had no ornaments for our tree. And we made ornaments out of butter top lids and the Christmas cards that came in and yarn. And I have two that go on my tree every year. And they remind me of that importance of that family time. But the tree reminds me that Jesus is the, is the vine and we are the branches. And so I love to decorate the tree. And we put a nail in our Christmas, we put a nail in our tree to remind us that um, Jesus ultimately died on a tree for our sins. And then the gifts that we pick, each one perfect for a specific person. But Jesus, God, picked a perfect gift for the entire world. It's one size fits all. It's for everybody. And all you have to do is unwrap the gift. And Jesus gave himself. And if we just believe in him, we can have eternal life, the perfect gift. And it keeps on giving year after year, day after day, right? And how about the wreaths that we hang right? The circle, they remind us of the eternity of God, our eternal God. He has no beginning and no end. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, and omega. And the reeds remind us of God himself. But I think one of my favorites is the stockings hung by the chimney with care. And they're empty until somebody fills them. And that's my life. I'm empty in and of myself. And when Jesus comes in, I can do nothing apart from him, but when he comes in, he fills my life. The Spirit comes in, and he overflows my life until I am filled with torrents of living water. And my stocking overflows, and it gives back to the world around me. And so this Christmas season, as you stop and you ponder anew what Jesus has done, would you stop and think about all the things that you see each and every day, and would you ask Jesus to give you a freshness as you look at those things and allow you to see him and all of them? And as we go through the Christmas season, I think it's um, very easy for us. For our, It's natural for us as human beings to, to get tired of the same story over and over again, right? And we, we take things for granted. Anybody take anything for granted in here? Yeah, we take things for granted. And... We went to Israel in October, and I asked God, would you give me a fresh, new look at your land, at your beautiful land that you love so much? Would I not take this place for granted, but would I learn fresh new things? Would I see you here in a brand new way? And he was faithful to do that. And when I came home and started preparing for um, some Christmas teas, I asked the Lord, would you give me a brand new perspective, a fresh look at the Christmas story I never want the Christmas story, I never want God's word to become mundane 
and boring, right? I want it to be fresh and new every single day. So as I was reading through the Christmas story and, and just seeking the Lord and what he would have me to share, he gave me a fresh new perspective. And I encourage you to do the same, that he will open his, you will open his word, he will open your heart, and it will be fresh and new and exciting as it was the very first time you read it. The very first time you read it with brand new eyes that he gave you to see with. And so I just encourage you, don't take the Christmas story for granted. Don't read it as if you've read it a thousand times before, but read it with fresh new eyes and a fresh new perspective and ask him. He's faithful to honor that. He wants you to love him and he wants you to love his word. So every Christmas, the very first thing we do on Christmas morning after I've had a cup of coffee is we read the Christmas story in our home. We, re we read the story as... Um, as Luke has written it, and um, that's how we start our Christmas morning. The kids, well, when they were little, they would wake us up, but now we have to wake them up as teenagers, like, let's go, right? And um, I have a cup of coffee in my hand, and we sit down, and one of our children will open the Christmas, our Christmas morning, unwrapping the gift of the Christmas story. So if you would um, open your Bibles, if you have them, I'm going to, maybe this is the first time you've read the Christmas story this year, and I don't know you, maybe this is the first time you've actually read the Christmas story or heard the Christmas story from our God's point of view, and I'd like to read that for you today, okay? So we're in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cyrenius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and Lydian of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly Afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Would you ponder these things in your heart this Christmas season too? Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So tonight I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about the shepherds. And um, we're going to look at the shepherd's perspective of this Christmas story. You know, the, the Christmas story envelops a lot of people. It envelops Mary and Joseph, has some angels involved with it. We, we read about the Magi and the star that hung in the heavens. And we have the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks. We have the innkeeper. We have Herod. There's so many people involved in the story, and they all have their own perspective as they look at this baby that was born in Bethlehem. So would you pray with me? And then I I would love to share a story with you, okay? Father, we um, come before you so grateful that you've given us your word, so grateful that you've allowed us to know you, the Most High God, that you revealed yourself in your word, and you revealed yourself through your Son, whom you sent here to teach us about you and to then save us from ourselves, from our sin, from all the things that we do that separate us from you. We're thankful that you love us enough to give us your son, to give us the perfect gift, Lord. We're thankful that you are a great and mighty God and that you love us intimately. Would you be with us? Would you open our eyes, Lord? Would you allow us to see... um, who you are, would you allow us to see the story of a newborn baby and the majesty of this newborn baby? And tonight, would we make room in the inn of our hearts for this little baby who grew to be a man and then our Savior? So we ask that you would be here, that you would give us fresh eyes and fresh hearts to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it was a night just like any other in the land of Israel. The sun set in the west as it does every evening, and the moon rose over the horizon, providing a nightlight of safety as it did every night like the one before. The insects made their chirping sounds from the desert plains, and the cool of the evening fell upon the earth as the warmth of the daytime sun dissipated into the evening sky. The cattle began their nighttime lowing in the fields nearby. The sheep were gathered with care into the pens for their protection. The shepherds, they twisted their sticks and they struck their flint to spark fires, creating warmth for for the evening watch over the flocks. And as the shepherds settled in, their rods were tucked safely by their sides readily available should any suspect of danger arise. It was a night just like any other. Young shepherd boys learning the trade of their fathers, fathers passing down their skills to the next in line, each boy applying the skill he had acquired and then teaching the next youngest brother in line to do the same, each taking their turn gazing over the sheep pen at the nightly watch, protecting and caring for the income and sustenance of the family. It was a night just like any other night in the hills surrounding Jerusalem. 
These shepherds knew the importance of the sheep they were raising. These little sheep would one day be sacrificed and their blood would provide a covering for the sins of the people. Jewish families would save and sacrifice their own income to purchase one of these little sheep to ensure their pure and right relationship with God, with Yahweh. It was a night, just like any other, men telling of the tales of long ago, of the times when Samson killed a lion with his bare hands, leading to the destruction of the Philistine city, Timnah, or when David killed a lion and a bear while keeping watch over his flock. The little lamb was delivered from the lion's mouth and spared, and such experience built courage and strength of this young David to then save the nation of Israel by killing the giant Goliath with just one smooth stone. The hopes and dreams of such heroes being built in the minds of these young shepherds that one day they too might be known as mighty men of Israel, men whose reputation and valor traveled through the annals of history. It was a night like any other until, out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The laughter stopped, the stories of grandeur ceased, their tongues stilled while their mouths dried out. The light illuminating from the angel blinded their eyes, such brightness they had never seen. Their hearts raced rapidly inside of their chests. They fell to the ground with their rods lying powerless at their sides. Fear ripped through their hearts, leaving them paralyzed, unable to respond. The courage to kill a lion with their bare hands escaped them, while fear pulsed instead through their weak human veins. Their lives flashed before their very eyes. These were surely the final moments for these surly men here on earth. What had they done to elicit such a visit from the heavenly realm? Their lives were like all the shepherds who had gone before them. Their reputation may have preceded them or maybe was even a bit unwarranted. Whatever their case, their reputation left these guys socially unacceptable. They were uneducated, uncultured, poor, uncouth. They were the crew that if you saw them walking down the street, you would choose to walk on the other side. They were the rough characters on the fringe of society. Their testimony would not even be admissible in the court system. They were covered in filth. Their stench of their beloved sheep moved from their clothing to penetrate their hair and even their skin. Hadn't they paid the price for their reputation? Loneliness followed them. They were unwanted, misunderstood, rejected. They were the social outcasts. And if that wasn't enough, these guys worked with dirty, smelly animals. They were in daily contact with animal manure, and blood from the cuts and scrapes of their precious little sheep, and the insects that buzzed around them. They lived out in the fields and out in the elements. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, 
looked upon them with the same judgmental eyes that they used to look upon the prostitutes and the tax collectors, this crew was deemed ceremonially unclean, impure. Hadn't they already paid the price? Feelings of unworthiness plagued them. The religious leaders cast them out. They were good enough to raise the sacrifice, but they were too dirty to bring a sacrifice. They were used. They would never be clean enough to worship in God's God's temple with God's people and be in God's presence. They were religious outsiders, and they were always on the outside looking in. Hadn't they already paid the price? They had lived lives filled with unworthiness and rejection. And now an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. As fear pulsed through their veins, the beauty of this angel shone in glory and splendor, radiating the beauty of the presence of God himself. This bright light penetrated the dark Judean hillside. This same bright light pierced the darkness of their own hearts, revealing the need they faced each day, a quiet longing for God. Their rough exteriors couldn't hide it. Their self-sufficiency couldn't fulfill it. They couldn't locate it while they were out wandering through the wilderness. Isolation, loneliness, and now fear of death led them to acknowledge their need. In their fear and trembling, the angel spoke. His message wasn't what they expected. This angel brought a message of reassurance and good news. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be that will cause great joy for all people. Their pulse began to slow. Their ears perked to hear. Their eyes focused to see. Did he say good news? Did he say great joy for all people? Their hearts desiring to receive this message of good news, of great joy, which was for all people. Yes, all the people. Of course, the message had to be for the religious leaders. Of course, it had to be for the kings and the royal families. Of course, this message, it had to be for the wealthy and the affluent. But could it possibly be that this news was for the shepherds? who were of ill report, the shepherds who were low on the rung of the social system, the shepherds who were of no good use except to look after stupid animals out in the fields and away from society, the dirty, no good, impure social outcasts, which would be for all the people, yes, even the shepherds. For there is born to you this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The angel, he said, this human baby was a Savior. A Savior, not a judge. One who would deliver his people, not condemn them. The angel said, This human baby was Christ, the Lord. Christ, our Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, 
the one our hearts have yearned for, the Lord, the one we will serve and bow before, the one we will submit our will and way to. A sign was given just to be sure the shepherds heard the angel correctly. A sign not pointing to the unusual sight of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, but a sign to point those shepherds to Jesus, to Messiah, to Christ the Lord. A sign pointing to Emmanuel, God himself, wrapped in human flesh, dwelling with us. There would be no mistaking the message of that angel shining in all of its brilliance. The gospel of Jesus Christ, a baby. Wait, this was not just any baby. This was God held in the flesh of a child, the child who would grow and teach us of the Father. He would lead us to a relationship with the Most High God, the creator of the heavens and the earth the God who loves us and desires to connect with us, a God who went out of his way to leave the beauty of heaven, to leave the majesty of his deity, to put on flesh, and to live within the confines of humanity. Jesus, who would perform miracles of physical healing and spiritual revival. Jesus, who would break the bonds of sin and defeat the strongholds of death. Jesus, wrapped in human flesh, would die on the cross as the perfect Lamb of God and would take away our sins, every single sin, past, present, and future, that we might spend eternity with him, free from the bondage of darkness, guilt, sin, and even death, he would take away every single sin and remember them no more, no more as far as the east is from the west. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. There would be no mistaking the multitude of the heavenly host appearing in that night sky, praising God, proclaiming his greatness to those on the earth, to those whose hearts were turned to heaven to hear the majesty of their voices. This army of angels was excited to proclaim, this army of angels whose job it is to fight battles in the heavenly realms is now putting down their weapons and worshiping the name of Jesus worshiping for those simple shepherds to hear. They were proclaiming the majesty of God wrapped in the form of a baby, ready to reveal the plan of redemption to mankind. This army of angels whose job it is to fight in the heavenlies is now putting down their swords and their weapons to proclaim peace to men on the earth. They can't hold back their worship of the great I am. Nothing can stop their exuberant adoration of the one who has come. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What other message could be proclaimed but peace? It's what the world needed then and it's surely what the world needs today. Shepherds, 
men of the earth, mankind, listen up. We have a message for you, peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that confounds the wise. Peace that has no explanation. Peace that penetrates deeply into the heart of man who rests in the understanding of the mystery of Jesus himself. It's here. It's for you. It's wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Pay attention. Imagine the magnitude of that song, if you will. How amazing it must have been to witness the angelic army worshiping the Most High God. Think of the most amazing piece of orchestral music you've ever heard. My favorite. Think, if you will, of Handel's Messiah. You guys know what I'm speaking of? The Hallelujah Chorus, right? How magnificent it is. Whenever I hear it, I'm paralyzed with emotion. My heart is overcome with awe. My eyes well up with tears. I have goosebumps that cover my body as I become enraptured by the choir's voices lifting high the mighty name of Jesus. You guys with me? You know what song I'm talking about? Imagine an army of angels. Just imagine this night, just like any other, being taken over by this scene. The angels worshipped for an eternity in the hearts of the shepherds. The shepherds gazed without blinking into the heavens, enraptured with the angelic choir. Their minds were filled with wonder and amazement as they pondered the heavens being opened for them to see. And then, with a snap of a finger, a twinkling of an eye, just like that, the heavens were closed. The angels, picking up their weapons, returned to their heavenly post. The stars of the night sky reappeared with quiet twinkling, and the shepherds were left with the bleeding of their sheep. They had a choice. Do they check on their sheep, return to the warmth of their fires, and settle in for a long night of sleep? Or do they check out this event that they, that they weren't even sure had happened? Was it a dream? Had they really seen what had just happened? Was it their imagination? Well, their feet couldn't stand still. Their hearts bursting inside of their chest to see this baby the angels had come so far to tell them about. The choice was simple. There really was no choice. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Exultation filled their hearts as they ran with haste and wonder, searching through the streets of Bethlehem. They ran through the alleyways. They ran through the empty marketplaces, over cobbled streets, searching for the manger where this baby Jesus lay. There, over there, they stopped dead in their tracks. Their hearts leaped inside of their chest. Their eyes widened while their mouths dropped open. There was the baby, just as they had been told he would be. Their hearts were filled with the joy as their eyes fell upon the precious baby, wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a feeding trough. 
just as the angel had said. But this baby wasn't just a baby. This was Jesus, the Messiah, Christ the Lord. The glory of the Lord had shined so brightly in the night sky just moments before. And now the glory of the Lord and all of his brilliance was wrapped in the flesh of a newborn baby. The sight of him brought instant comfort and peace to their unfulfilled longing hearts. Their legs could no longer hold their sturdy bodies. Their hearts filled with awe and wonder, falling to their knees. They bowed their heads and their hearts in reverence. Their hearts were laid bare before the Savior. All the years of pain, rejection, and unworthiness melted away in that very moment before the baby king's throne. God chose them. He chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He didn't choose the religious leaders or the wealthy or royalty. He chose the broken lives of dirty, smelly shepherds to confound the religious pundits of their day. God didn't see what those religious people saw. His eyes saw and esteemed what he considered to be worthy and able to take his message far and wide. Us, the shepherds, how could that be? He has proven again that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not ours. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. All those who heard it marveled at those things which were told before them by the shepherds. Such emotion erupted from their inner beings, such a sight they couldn't explain. They had been set free. Their hearts poured over with ultimate joy and gratitude and worship of the baby king as they proclaimed glad tidings of great joy to the world around them. In the dead of night, they ran through the town, yelling the news to anyone who would listen. The religious leaders, the other shepherds, the townspeople, the wealthy, the poor. You won't believe what happened. A baby has been born. This wasn't just any baby. This was Jesus, the Christ, the Lord. He is the Son of God. He has come just as he said. The angel said, he has a message of peace for all the people. We've been set free. How could their excitement be contained? Such news had to be shared. Such a sight had to be announced. Just as the heavenly host couldn't contain such an announcement, neither could the shepherds. Their hearts would surely burst if they didn't declare the sight they had just marveled before. Glad tidings of great joy that spread through the countryside. It spread through the nation. It spread through the surrounding region and then into the world throughout history. Year after year, century after century, until once again their news of glad tidings, their news of great joy, has come here to this very room at this moment in time to touch the very core of your heart to reach into the depths of your heart and to set you free from the pain and the bondage of sin and death and the darkness of this world. Today, on a day, just like any other. News of a man named Jesus spread through the region and into the shepherd's fields. 
Thousands of people traveled near and far to hear him teach. His teaching was unlike any other they had ever heard. He taught with authority. He taught in parables that those with ears could hear and those with eyes could see. Not physical ears, not physical eyes, but eyes of faith, eyes of childlike wonderment, eyes and ears that wanted to know the God who created them and had a purpose and a plan for them, to know a God who loves them intimately. He offered hope. He spoke of a yoke that was light and a burden that was easy. He taught the people how to pray, how to treat others, how to love, and about the heart of the Father. This Jesus healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind, words to the mute, set the demon-possessed free, restored the use of legs that had been lame for life, fed the hungry, and forgave sins. Forgave sins? Only God could do that. Could it be? Was it possible? Surely this was the same baby they had seen all those years ago who had healed the years of pain in their very own hearts, who had set them free from the bondage of guilt that plagued them. It was a night just like any other. When the news of the crucified Jesus reached the shepherds, I wonder, did they think back to the precious baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger? Did they remember the angelic choir worshiping the newborn king? Did they think upon that heavenly proclamation of peace? Did they bow their hearts and heads and worship to God as they did that night so long ago? Did their hearts leap inside of their chest as they pondered anew that night unlike any other? And that's the, the Christmas story from the shepherd's perspective. The shepherds who were social outcasts, who were religious, re, religious outcasts, ceremonially unclean, rejected and despised by society. The story of a beautiful, a real-life story that came from God himself of a beautiful baby wrapped in swaddling clothes who wouldn't stay a baby, right? Do our babies stay babies? No, they grow into the, to adults, right, to life-size. Mine are moving out. That's the age mine have become. But Jesus did too. He grew into a man. He revealed himself to the world. And he died on a cross as the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice to take away our sins. Ladies, I don't know you, but the time that we have on this earth is not guaranteed to us. It's just not. And um, the, the day after Thanksgiving, we had a dear, dear neighbor friend of ours pass away unexpectedly. He um, celebrated Thanksgiving with his children. He got up on Friday morning. He started to decorate his home. And Saturday, his wife called my husband and said, would you go check on my husband? He hasn't returned my calls. And my husband walked into their home and went upstairs and found our neighbor who had gone to sleep on Friday night and woke up with his eyes in heaven. Healthy. No medication ever. He would outwork anybody I'd ever known, 75 years old, and never stopped. 
preparing for the next day all the decorations laid out for Christmas so that when his wife came home, he would be all decorated for Christmas. His plans all in place, but God had another plan. I I don't pretend to know where you stand with our almighty God. And so tonight, I'm going to offer you an invitation. If you don't know this Jesus I've been talking about, there's a group of women here, any of the worship leaders, Lori, Will, we'd be happy to talk about him with you and to share him. You know, this is not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about... It's like a relationship with my husband or with my mother. It's an ongoing daily walk. And I, I talk to him. And ladies, he talks to me in this beautiful book called the Bible. He leads me to, the, to quiet waters. He leads me to people. He shares with me and leads and directs my paths so that I can um, help people. I can pray with people. I can love people. That's what he does. And he's changed my heart. And just like the shepherds, when I found baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths and saw him all grown up and he died on a cross and he rose from the dead, all I can say is this, I once was blind, but now I see. I lived for 20 years, I lived for 20 years as a believer, but I lived without a relationship with Jesus. I did it in my own strength, my own understanding, and my own sufficiency, self-sufficiency, and it got me nowhere. Actually, what it got me was 20 years of depression as I fought Almighty God who just wanted to have me sit at his feet and to learn of him. As I began my relationship with him, as I began to fall in love with Jesus and understand who he was and begin to follow his direction, the depression, it began to go away. And he began to lead me in ways of healing, and he began to open my eyes afresh to new things. And this is my second winter that I have not entered into those awful winter blues. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was depressed, but now I'm filled with joy and joy everlasting and a peace that surpasses all understanding. And we, in our own strength and our own wisdom, want to put words and feelings and touch to the peace that surpasses all understanding. I can't explain it. I just know that he gave it to me. And so tonight, I'm going to ask you to do something really difficult And I know Maine has a different culture than the people in New Jersey. And when I say what I'm about to say, you may say, are you crazy? But I'm going to tell you that the Holy Spirit covers this place. And in him we are safe. And in him, he transcends all cultures, all of it. So if you're here tonight on this day that's like any other, and you're struggling. Maybe you hit the ground running just like every other day. Maybe you got up and enjoyed a nice leisurely cup of coffee just like any other day. Maybe your kids woke you up screaming, I want breakfast, just like every other day, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) Don't let tonight 
be just like any other night. Make this the night unlike any others where you recommit your walk with him, where you open up your heart and you say, I want to make room in the end of my heart for Jesus. It doesn't have to be cleaned up, ladies. It doesn't have to look like a fresh, brand new hotel room. He'll come into a dirty room, and that's the joy of my Jesus. He cleans it up for you. He comes in, and he tidies it, and he dusts it, and he reveals the dirt, and he gets rid of it as he loves on you. So I'm going to ask you to do something really tough tonight. If you're feeling dry, empty, rejected, lonely, depressed, would you stand and let me pray with you? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Takes courage to stand and admit you need prayer. He loves you more than you will ever imagine. And what I love about Jesus is I don't have to do anything to make him love me more. And I can't do anything to make him love me less. He's lavishing his love upon you. And he's singing over you. He's rejoicing over you with his love. He's here in your midst, a mighty God ready to save and willing to. Anybody else? Let's pray. Mighty Jesus, our great and mighty God, and our sweet Holy Spirit, who just comes to point us to Jesus, we are so thankful that you love us the way that you do. Lord, these ladies who are standing here in this room, their hearts bare and wide open before you. Lord, they're looking for a fresh touch of our Savior, a fresh touch of you, Jesus. Would you come now? Would you touch them? Would you open their eyes, Lord? They once were blind, but now they see. And would you give them a newness of walking with you? Lord, if they're not walking with you each and every day, would you open their eyes tomorrow morning and their, their Bibles, and they couldn't wait to open your word and to hear from you? Would you make yourself real in their lives? Would you show them who you are? that they would have a brand new, fresh relationship with the Most High God who loves them, who has a purpose and a plan. Father, if any of these women are struggling with depression, I ask that you would point them to the way of healing, that you would reveal to them how you care for them physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and you desire to heal them. Lord, if they're dry, if they're weak, if they're lonely, would you fill them? Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Holy Spirit, until they overflow with joy that they can't contain, with peace that they don't understand, with love that pours out of their hearts, that they want to go out and love the world around them and tell them of the great news of glad tidings, of joy for all the people. We love you, Jesus, and we're thankful for what you've done in our lives.
I thank you for these women. Lord, would you honor their standing before you? Would you hear their hearts cry as they come before you, seeking you, the only God who can work, who can heal, who can move in their lives and change them? You are a great and mighty God. We thank you for the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. We thank you for that baby who grew to be Jesus, who died on the cross and broke the bondage, defeated death, and set us free when he rose from the grave and defeated it all on that third day. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh perspective of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, you can be seated, but if you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, don't leave here tonight without praying or asking or talking to one of us, okay? Don't leave here tonight. I implore you, don't. And I know there's someone in here that needs to do that. The Lord laid you heavy on my heart this morning. I've been praying for you all day. Please see me, okay? Amen.